Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I'm overjoyed to be with you on this Labor Day weekend. That being said, I want to make a couple of quick announcements here about starting up a new season of gathering and studying and learning and growing together at St. Paul's that we would love to have you join with us in if you'd be interested. So to begin with, we have um, Bible study at 9 o'clock every Sunday at the church in the community room, and then at 10 o'clock we have our worship service in the church. And coming up, starting the second week in September, we're going to be starting an online Zoom class called Spiritual Growth. And essentially what it is is those of us that are interested in continuing to grow and be strengthened in our spiritual journey with Jesus, coming together um, on the second and fourth Tuesdays from six to seven in Zoom to share our spiritual journey with each other, to reflect on um, the wisdom of different teachers and to have an opportunity to share our lives and support each other as we all continue to grow in Christ and bring Christ's love in the world. So that will be our spiritual growth group on Tuesday nights from 6 to 7, and you can go to our website at stpaulswillimannick.org to uh, catch the link and come and join us. We'd love to have you there. And then the second part of our learning season will be um, our Bible study that we have on Zoom every Wednesday from seven, from six, I'm sorry, from six to seven in the evening. So that's every Wednesday from six to seven. We have a group Bible study. It's a, a wonderful online. Um, and we study and explore the text and uh, look at what God's talking to us about for our lives and for the life of the world every Wednesday from six to seven uh, on Zoom. And so you can go again to our website. That's stpaulswillimantic.org and find the link and come and join us. We'd love to have you. So I hope that we'll see you at any one of those events because, you know, as the fall comes, just as children go back to school, we start to build up our energy and add a few things into our lives to help ourselves uh, also grow and strengthen ourselves in the love of God. So we're overjoyed to offer those opportunities to you for this year. So that will be every Tuesday, I mean, um, the second and fourth Tuesday of the month from 6 to 7 for the Spiritual Growth Group, and every Wednesday from 6 to 7 for Bible study. We really hope to see you now. With that being said, let's begin with a prayer. Oh, holy and gracious one, you teach us that in order to have a rich and full life of satisfaction, we must pick up our cross and follow you. This feels like such a mysterious and difficult call. This morning, as we listen to these words, we pray that you would open our hearts with your Holy Spirit to teach us what it means for us to pick up our crosses and follow you in joy bringing God's love to the world. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Matthew's gospel. We're in the 16th chapter, 
reading verses 21 through 28. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone want, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Gospel of the Lord. This is such an important passage. And the fact of the matter is the idea of denying oneself and picking up their cross and following um, Jesus. This Jesus says more than once in all of the Gospels. It's said in all four of the Gospels in different ways, this idea of you must deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. Um, this is said in all four of the Gospels and in more than one place. So Jesus keeps referring to this. So we need to know that what he's trying to tell us is extremely important. And for all the times that I've ever been preaching it, uh, it's never been easy to preach. And it's not easy to talk to you about it today. But there are some ways that I see this now that I never saw it before. How I started to think about it was that as I was meditating on this, I was out walking uh, in this beautiful park. I was walking my dog in this beautiful park, and I was thinking about Jesus saying, uh, if any want to become my followers, let them pick up their cross and follow me. And while I was thinking about that, I thought to myself, you know, every time I've ever heard this, I've always thought that this was such a daunting and painful thing because Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem and he's on the way to get crucified. And how can I see carrying my cross as anything but painful and difficult? And am I brave enough to do that? And as I was walking along thinking about that, I thought about how beautiful it was and I thought how much beauty Jesus saw in the world all the time. I thought this one who told me that I needed to pick up my cross to follow him to find a way of life that I really would want, this one was one who saw beautiful countryside and beautiful oceans. And he, you know, he saw the Mediterranean probably and and the Mediterranean Ocean and he and he saw beautiful landscape that was that's just it's stunning over in the area where Jesus was. It's really, um, it's really the, the countryside is beautiful there. And he had good friends and he went to dinner and he did all these other really wonderful things. So 
I know Jesus wants us to have that, and Jesus was here and experienced those too. So then what, if that's so, then what else might Jesus have meant about picking up our crosses and carrying them, follow him, to deny ourselves and pick up our crosses and follow him? What else could he possibly mean knowing that he couldn't just mean that our lives were supposed to feel like this painful place of denial where we struggled and felt sorrow and rejection because we followed him. What what else was he trying to tell us? What does that mean? And as I thought about that, I was studying this um, concept uh, called crimes against intellect. It's a, it's a yoga concept. And it's the idea that born in us is the desire to have pleasure and enjoyment. And what can happen to us in that confusion of getting pleasure and enjoyment is that we can, we know, we absolutely know the difference between what's harmful and what's helpful. But often harmful things like whether it's, you know, food or drink or sex or work or, or buying things, um, you know, some of those things, they, they, they feel so attractive to us because, because they make us feel good for the moment. And so when it comes to crimes for intellect, what they describe it as is, you know, something is harmful for you and you know, it wouldn't be good. You should probably not do it, but you do it anyways, even though you know it's harmful for you and that that's built into our nature. And we have to learn how to uh, stand back from it so that we can be set free from those ideas. So uh, in order to try to illustrate that a little better. And I'm going to call that the cross. That's the battle of the cross. Think of this as Jesus is saying, if you pick your cross, you're going to, you're going to be present to the places where you commit crimes against your intellect. You're, you're going to stand in the place as you carry your cross, just as we can see in living color in the story of his crucifixion. You're going to find yourself in places where you're doing things that you know aren't helpful that are maybe even harmful, and you're doing them anyways. And you're going to stand in that space, and you're going to look to me, and you're going to pray to me, and you're going to meditate with me, and you're going to let me help set you free from those things so you can be resurrected from those places that you're stuck in the illusion that that's what's going to make you happy. And you're going to be able to be set free so that you can know an even greater and deeper eternal joy as you love me and follow me. So here's an illustration of what I mean. Hopefully this will be helpful. So I love tomatoes. I love tomatoes. So much so that I have a garden and I usually buy eight or nine tomato plants early in the spring. I get my gardens all ready. I plant them tenderly. I take good care of them and I get nice crops of tomatoes and they are so delicious. And my favorite thing is to pick a nice, juicy, warm, ripe tomato right out of the garden, bring it in, slice it up a little bit, it, put a sprinkle of salt on it and eat it. And it is my one of my favorite, favorite joys. But you know what? Tomatoes don't agree with me. They create terrible acid in my stomach to the point where I get sick from it. Like I can't even sleep at night. I, by, by the time we're three quarters of the way into tomato season, every single night I'm popping Pepsi and, and eating Tums all night because my stomach's on fire because I've been eating tomatoes, you know, like breakfast and for lunch, for dinner, because they're so delicious to me. Now, the truth is, is I've been doing this for years, and I know 
what tomatoes do to me. I know they're not good for me. I know they make me sick. I could probably eat a couple and it'd be all right, but I really don't just eat a couple. I go overboard over and over again. This, my friends, would be described as a climb of the intellect. My mind knows better, but I don't care. And so I have to figure out how to stand in that and see what I want to do with it. Now, the tomatoes is a little example. Point I'm making is that imagine that picking up our cross is to be willing to be present at the crossroads between heaven and earth, looking at the things that we're doing, the choices we're making that delude us into thinking that that pleasure is the best thing we could have, even when we know it's not. Now, that could be a lot of things we know in this world. Our earth is crying out for us to be more ecologically present. There's, that's just one small example. There's so many places in which you and I probably could do uh, better in the name of love if we weren't so attached to the name of our own personal happiness. So what if when Jesus is talking, he's saying to Peter to begin with, when Peter says, Oh, this is never going to happen to you. You know, you, we, you, and Jesus says, get behind me. Here's Peter in the deepest sympathy saying, Lord, we can never let this happen to you. And Jesus says, that's clinging to the lie of this limited world. And even though it's in Peter's heart, he's not saying to Peter that Peter's Satan. He's saying the words that have flooded into Satan to, to Peter's mind to think that the temporary safety of Jesus is the best answer is a lie and that has to be let go of. And so he then comes right after this idea that poor Peter, out of love, thinking he's doing the best thing, that Jesus then says, Immediately after that, if any want to follow, become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Could it be that he's talking about this idea uh, that the yoga uh, people were teaching about crimes of the intellect where he's saying, you have to let go of the way you see the earth. You have to let me break your illusion to what true happiness is. You have to be willing to open your hand, to let go of the grip um, you know, Jack, you have to let go of the grip of eating six tomatoes a day. You know, what, whatever it is, that, that, that that's a simple illustration, but whatever it is in us that causes us not to really know the full beauty of love. What if, what if that is what Jesus is talking about? And he's saying, he's saying, lift up the cross of the places where you're struggling and where you're in pain and follow me. Keep your eye on me. Pray with me. Meditate. Be focused on me. Let me lead you to the love of God so that you can be set free to know eternal love instead of clinging to these momentary pleasures that are actually causing you harm and you keep going after them because they feel like they're going to give you what you want and then they don't. So today, I want you to think about Jesus's call to follow him by picking up your cross in a little different way. Think of it as Jesus saying to you, I want you to recognize that you need to let go of all the places where you limit yourself for the reality of eternal joy. Know that those places are the places where your cross is, where heaven and earth are meeting to show you a new way of freedom in me. 
that this week. Be some new ways of freedom that you could let go of things that you actually know are harmful for yourself in order to move towards helpful things. I don't know about you, but I'm going to try a little better with a tomato. I know it sounds funny, but I'm, I'm going to let the tomato be one of the first places where I can maybe say the minute I crave that tomato for happiness and I know it's going to give me burning acid stomach, I'm going to say, Jesus, here I am. I've got my cross. Help me to see a better way and turn it over to him and let him bless me. Maybe you can find something like that too. Small as it is, every small thing brings us closer to the love of God, doesn't it? All right, you have a good week, and I will hope to talk to you next week. Amen. There are so many choices. Which way should I go? And I don't trust myself to find my way back home. But there's a light in the distance that he holds up high And he beckons me onward through the night I will follow him wherever he may lead me I will follow him through the darkest night Though at times I'm walking blind I feel his love sustain me until he takes me home again Desert and I sink in the sand He will always be with me Wherever I am He knows just what I'm needing And He'll take me there If I'm bruised and I'm broken I don't care I will follow Him Wherever He may lead me I will follow Him Through the darkest night I'm walking blind I feel his love sustain me Until he takes me home again I will follow him La-di-da, la-di-da Follow him through the darkest night. Through the winds, I'm walking blind.